and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Cheers, queers. Today, on the Big Gay Agenda, the three of us are going to talk about Girls Like Girls, the novel by Lesbian Jesus. Guys excited? You just put up five fingers. I did this. Oh, it looked like like five. Three. I just used two hands. It's not important. (laughs) Amazing. I am excited because I've been waiting for this book for a long time. Hell yeah. But before we jump into all the fun stuff about this book, uh, it's been a while since we've did a shout out to our financial supporters. Caitlin, would you like to take that away? Yes. So... The members of our Chaos crew this month are Frida, Sapphire, Sandy, and Mackenzie. Uh, If you want to support a Patreon, we have different tiers that will give you early access to ad-free episodes, exclusive bonus content, a special Keeping Up with Big Gay Energy After Dark podcast, to to get to know us so much more and see more of us messing up. And so much more. So come join our chaos crew. It's fun and it's chaotic. Yeah, and just a big thank you to everyone who stuck with us through our hiatus and the newcomers. And we're just, we're happy to have you as part of the big gay energy agenda. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. So do you want to become a Patreon? Join. We have so much more that we do and uh, we give it all to our Patreon members. But, uh. On that note, we'll dive into today's Big Gay Agenda, Girls Like Girls. And a little bit of background on this book, if you didn't know. So this is a novel written by uh, Haley Kiyoko, Lesbian Jesus. And uh, it's her first novel ever, which if you read it, it's a little surprising. Uh, Mm -hmm. She wrote it so well. And uh, originally, though, so this, the, a little history on Girls Like Girls, period. So it started out as a as a song that translated into a music video, which you may or may not have seen. It is on YouTube. Go watch it. It's awesome. Uh, and Haley spent, like, I think five to seven years, like, trying to make this a feature film. Like, she tried and has talked about this in interviews and just, like, getting a movie made is a lot harder than it sounds and we actually just did an interview with uh, a group who's trying to make a f- short film and they kind of talked about that pro- that project if you want to learn more go check that out um but this like ultimately the movie dream didn't pan out so Haley turned it into a novel and that's how we got the book yes yeah but hopefully it will be made into a feature now that the book's out that would be cool that would be cool not that would anytime be cool. soon no. Well, with writer strikes and acting strikes. <laughs> no, but maybe in the future, if, you know, this gets enough attention. It's been on the New York Times bestsellers list for a couple of weeks now. So it, so far, so good. Indeed. Uh, yeah, but speaking of music, music, well, there is the music video about Girls Like Girls. Music itself clearly played a big role in the book. There's several music references throughout the book 
And so we put together a playlist <laughs> that goes along with the book and incorporates some lesbian Jesus music. Because, like, let's be real, she made so many references to her own songs in mm -hmm. this book. We put together a playlist. So if you're interested in listening to the audio version of this book in music, check out our playlist. We'll link it below and probably post it on our socials before this even comes out. And yeah. uh, I only know three of the songs in this whole playlist. So it's for educating Caitlin as well. And we are going to educate Caitlin at the very end because, spoiler, Caitlin has not seen the Girls Like Girls music video by Hailey Kiyoko. So if you're a Patreon member, uh, at the end of this episode, we are going to educate Caitlin on some uh, lesbian Jesus music and music videos. And watch yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I have not heard a lesbian Jesus song. Okay, you shouldn't even be allowed on the podcast, but uh, we love you so much. Caitlin's gone dark on us. <laughs> it's not after dark anymore. She just went dark. It's okay, Caitlin. After this episode, we won't be able to sit and use that joke ever again because you will have seen and listened to lesbian Jesus music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So stay tuned or become a patron if you want to check that out. I want All us right. to go to a church and be like, have you heard Lesbian Jesus' music? Yes, passing out burned CDs because that would be appropriate for this book. It would. But before we jump into the book, if you have not read the book, um, we're going to give a trigger warning now about some of the material in this book. And I'm just going to read what Haley said because she kindly, kindly, kindly put a trigger warning in here. It says, please note that this book contains themes about non-graphic reference to suicide. So if that is triggering to you, please skip this episode uh, and just go watch the Girls Like Girls music video. Um, which yes. I did not see that when that. I started reading this book, by the way. Yeah, but if you're on the if that does is that's not a deal breaker to you and you're kind of like i don't know maybe i'm just gonna read the dedication because i think it's super cute and this is it also is. the main the main theme of the book so Haley says this is dedicated to anyone who has ever felt hopeless and didn't believe they could have a happy ending you are worthy and then she put three rainbows because she's lesbian jesus mm -hmm. so you have been warned in the bad stuff and the good stuff Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so with that, we will jump into the book. So Woo! this book, yeah, this book is a first person point of view book told through our protagonist, Coley, which we're never really told what that, that nickname stands for. There's an assumption it's Nicole, but it's never confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. And Coley, at the start of the book, just moved from San Diego to bumfuck nowhere, Oregon, her words, uh, with her deadbeat dad, Curtis, after she just lost her mother to suicide. And this is where Coley's head's at when we first start the book, but that changes over time. And one thing I super love about where she lives, she lives in Cliff's Edge, drive yes and i literally dropped the book and yelled <laughs> those two are so excited about it and i have no idea why. It's, it's one of it's my a, songs it's a song 
and it, it, it we're gonna watch the music video for the patron members caitlin um but the gist of that song is it's about like it's a metaphor like cliff's edge you know if you're on a cliff's edge mm -hmm. you can jump and take a leap like a leap of faith is the metaphor um or just stay to stay safely on the cliff's edge like you know not take the chance kind of thing and it's about loving somebody and taking the chance and that's what this book is about so like i love that she incorporated her songs and stuff into the book and this was like the first one so i like smiled real big when i was like of course she lives on cliff's edge mm -hmm. <laughs> drive i love it so absolutely it's so cute um but on a not cute note coley like at the start of the book um you know, it's very fresh off of losing her mother to suicide. Her mother, you know, took her own life. And she has a lot of, like, survivor's guilt about it and is grappling with how to really cope with losing her mom, you know, without, like, forgetting her and, like, dealing with the, the, the guilt of, like, well, if I had gotten home sooner and things like that. So she's not in a great mental place when we first start the book and she moves in with her dad who also like hasn't been in her life since she was three years old so she doesn't really know him um and doesn't really she was three years old when it happened and doesn't fully understand why her parents really split up how that all really panned out she just have this has a three-year-old's perspective and the later years of all I had was my mom we were a team my mom is now gone and I'm forced to, this guy is now taking care of me because he's forced to like she has that feeling of like nobody wants me I wasn't enough to keep my mom alive I'm not enough I wasn't enough to keep my dad and now she's like backed into a corner because she's 17 years old so she's still like a minor and can't really live on her own without going to like a government foster care system so she's really not in a good place. And, and Haley uses this repetitive language in the beginning where she keeps mentioning using the term low bar for everything. Like there's a low bar for her dad being a dad. There's a low bar for like happiness is what she's kind of mm -hmm. getting at to signify that like Holy is in a mentally low state when we first meet her. Um, yeah. So it was, a, I just think about how difficult that would be for everyone involved. And I, there's one thing that I wish we did get a little more info on, but it's not something that was necessary to the story. So I know why it's not there. I did want to know more about why, how that went down with them breaking up. We get to like, he talks about it a little bit, but he doesn't really expand on it later on. But um, anyway, yeah. So I do like the metaphors throughout the book that you can pick up on. I just, I like how she put those every, like you were saying with the low, low bar, that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, it's a very interesting. So it reminded, at first I was like, this reminds me of God forbid twilight a little bit, but better. In what way do you mean? Just like uh, the, the characters going to live with their dads in the middle of like, a rural type literally of, nowhere <laughs> yeah north pacific northwest and uh not really being super and, ha and like having a dad that was never a dad really not knowing them and like having to get to know them but uh i really really actually enjoyed curtis this entire book he was one of 
only two male characters that I liked, and there you go. I think we're only meant to like two of the Yeah, I was characters. like, are we supposed to like <laughs> well, actually, any of the other ones? No. Uh, to be fair, I later on, I like her co-workers, the, the gay couple that she Yeah, oh, no, yeah, I like yeah. the co-workers later on, but we don't get to see enough of them. No, 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 they're tertiary characters. But I felt like her situation was relatable Mm-hmm. To, you know, relatable to us during our hiatus too, like that low bar for happiness kind of thing. That that feeling is relatable of just like I'm so low that just like I'll take the crumbs that I can get. My bar mm-hmm. is low in terms of like joy. I also like that she wasn't like she was angry, but she wasn't angry to the point where that was her only. Um, the only Emotion. aspect of her character that yeah like she was and and she shows it to curtis um, at first she's more dismissive of curtis than anything to his face yes and in and, her in her mo- in her monologue too yeah so she is like i, I like that it wasn't just her being mean to him like that was i think that whole the relationship at the start was was done well to where you saw why she was mad but at the same time she wasn't just like a total just totally mean yeah like from the jump coley is very realistic and haley mm-hmm. I, I get the vibe that this was based on a true story yeah. for haley because it feels too real for me for sure. All right. Yeah. Okay. So after we're introduced to Coley, like we start up the story and she's in middle of nowhere, doesn't know anybody. There's like no AC at her house. And it's like the middle of summer. And her dad's like, go awful. make. It sounds yeah. like the actual fucking worst. Okay. <laughs> the air is on here and I'm so hot that it, it's hard. It's hard to do anything. Okay. But imagine then your dad's like, get on your bike and go outside and make friends. <laughs> That sounds like something my dad would tell me to do. Right? And it's like, oh, it's hot inside, go outside. (laughs) So Coley is like, fine. And so she goes to like the strip mall, I guess, because it's a small town. There's nothing going on. It's the strip mall. And she tries to like park her bike before going outside where er, going inside where there's air conditioning. And she almost gets uh, unalived by Trenton, the absolute worst human being in the world. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I'm calling him Trent because he hates that. The character hates being called Trent. So I'm calling him that for the rest of the time. Perfect. Let's do it. I'm with the utmost disrespect. Trent Mm -hmm. is your typical cishet frat boy douche dude who doesn't know the meaning of the word no exactly or that yeah. not he doesn't own the world in his white cis dude privilege or oh, in his brain he does because of the way he mm-hmm. treats everybody particularly sonia who will be in a second like property uh yeah yeah, so you get the you get the vibe that he's your typical man who only has one emotion, which is anger and violence. Yes, so, which there's that. Coley says, I, I can't remember exactly where it was, says something at one point about how he could be the kind of person to take it that far. And so you just, you know, like, this dude's going to blow up and do some physical damage to somebody. 
Somebody. So yeah, uh, Trent can go jump in the lake and yeah. You have any thoughts on when you first met Trent, Caitlin? Trent pisses me off. Yeah, and that is an appropriate reaction. <laughs> and that's why I don't like people. Yeah, Trent is a is a. <laughs> if you were trying to like get people or get if you were an alien race and you came to, and you were trying to get anti human humanity campaigns going, he's your poster child. Let's put it that way. But uh, we get the opposite of that when uh, Coley. Uh, meets Sonia and by meets uh, Gay stares at for like 20 seconds. So Coley is showing her hand immediately when she me- meets Sonia. Jeez, uh-huh. Coley. Like, the the teen angst queerness is just rolls off the page and slaps you in the face. Oh, Coley radiates lesbian energy the whole time, which I appreciate. I do too. Personally. Going into a Haley Kyoko novel, I didn't expect anything less. So uh-huh. we meet the love interest Sonia for like a hot second. Uh, and then Sonia's like, hey, uh, sorry, this <laughs> Trent almost killed you. Would you like yeah. to come to the lake with us? <laughs> exactly. Come uh, come hang out with the dude that almost killed you. I thought it was very what, weird Caleb? that um, they were getting in the car and then she just turns around and was like, are you coming? Like, why would she think that she was invited first of all i it's weird <laughs> well i yeah i don't get that either because like they go in the arcade for like a hot second coley kind of like get, does more gay staring and at the end sonya's like you're coming right I'm like what <laughs> it was it was a bit fast yes she just assumed but oh, i think that's part of coming i think it's part of sonya's personality mm-hmm. too at the beginning it so is. like whereas Trent is the I get my way all the time character from a male perspective. Sonia kind of has that from a female perspective because she has like, yes. I they never gave us true details about her. But I assume it's like rich white girl privilege where she's like, mm-hmm. you're going to do what I want, right? It's kind of where we're getting at. And Coley's your useless lesbian who's like, who does she think she is? Okay. <laughs> that was most yeah, of her inner dialogue about Sonia. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really is like, and I think it's also from the perspective of Sonia's just that person that attracts a lot of people, whether it be from a friendship perspective or a more perspective, and is used to people wanting her and doing things for her. Yeah, she's pretty, pretty white girl privilege where she's mm-hmm. like, she gets her way. Exactly. And through this, Coley, so Coley is a useless lesbian, so she's like, okay, I'll go with these strangers. <laughs> and this is where she observes the friend group. And so we get to meet Sonia's other friends, uh, one of which is SJ. And uh, my initial impression of her is she's like, that one friend who's like a, a cold hearted bitch to everybody. But if you're, unless you're her friend, if you're her friend, she's ride or die for you. That was my initial impression of SJ. Yeah. She's, I think she's very skeptical about any outsiders uh, until, and she's skeptical about Coley, obviously, until she finds out that they have something in common later on, so... I mean, I'd be skeptical, too, of this girl you picked Mm -hmm. up in a parking lot. It's kind of weird. In an arcade? 
like weren't they they were like in an arcade or something and i'm like yeah because i remember her talking about how it, she went there because it was advertised to have air conditioning and turns out it was a fan that didn't even oscillate right and that's ugh, gross All since we're having 105 degree weather it really got me I guess we should also point out that this book takes place in the early 2000s. Yes. I should have. So it's a period piece. It's a period piece from our uh, our childhood. <laughs> yes. This was, this was based, this gave me so many nostalgia feels, but also all of the gay angsty feels from me 17 to 19. Yeah. No. Haley nailed it. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you have any thoughts about SJ when you first met her, Caitlin? Do you remember SJ? SJ and Brooke confused. I know I liked SJ better than Brooke. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. SJ's the good friend. But she like comes off as cold when you first when like Holy first meets her, but mm-hmm. she's just protective of her friends. Uh all right, we'll jump into Brooke. Then there's Brooke, who's the opposite of SJ. And to me, Brooke came off as a pick me because of the way she like is always cooing after Trent. And to me, it came off as like, I don't know that she liked him necessarily or like the social capital that came with him because he's the privileged male of the group. And like, she doesn't hide hide it at all that like, she's really there to get him versus like be friends with Sonya and like SJ. Yep. She like she doesn't even have to know what's going on in a situation. She just walks in and is immediately on Trent's side. Yep. And th- end of story. And I'm like, why are why are you <sighs> just never why changes? No, no, it never changes. It's it. I mean, unfortunately, it's like it's a social role mm-hmm. for like women in. I assume Christian households where your job is to be emotional, just emotionally take care of these whiny bitch men and make them feel better. And that's what she does over and over again, repeatedly with Trent. So like, she's just playing that role to a T. And uh, if I didn't hate the character of Trent already, when he, every time he does do something stupid and get everyone pissed off at him he turns it around and blames it on correct pretty much coley because the times that he does it it's always coley and you're like will you just they should have left him they should have left him in the lake all i'm gonna say i mean yeah like in this scene yeah the uh, Trent basically dunks her in a lake by accident and like you said he blames her but he does that over and, over, and that's a typical that's a male mm-hmm. thing like in this hyper patriarchy thing where men for some men have to be perfect and so they can't admit that they're flawed or admit that they don't take they abdicate responsibility and just blame other people he does it not just to her but he does it to so many other mm-hmm. characters where you blame Sony. he's like oh it's your fault yeah so it's a, this is just this is honestly a typical social thing that we He's see a lot. A classic. He has the markings of a classic abuser. Yeah. Oh, and, and narcissist. Yeah. He has narcissistic tendencies as well. He's That's got Darvo out the butt, like coercive control kind of relationships. 
Yeah, but we get another character that's the opposite of that that mm. I was very happy about, which is Alex, uh-huh. who actually seems like, off the bat, seems like a genuine nice guy. Not nice guy in air quotes, but an actual nice human being. And just yes. has, like, straight up chill vibes. He's the mm-hmm. one that, like, keeps the group calm. He brings the weed. He's the chill friend you want to talk to and, like, will actually listen mm-hmm. and be supportive. I feel like Alex shows up a lot of times when uh, he's he's just kind of hangs on the periphery and then he shows up when you need him <laughs> a lot of times yeah. he's like a golden retriever yeah like, like when you like... he's yeah, just yeah what is happening what do you mean we're talking about alex what did you think yeah, about i know that I like golden retrievers. Yeah. Wasn't Alex kind of like a golden retriever? He was like really nice and protective and you kind of want to hug him. I think he was way more chill than a golden retriever though. (laughs) What did you say? He was an apologizer? Yeah, for Trent because he had to like make up for everything Mm -hmm. that he did. Yeah, like definitely the big, like because you get the sense that Alex is a good friend. Yeah. And he's kind of like, well, this is how Trent kind of it but like there is times when he like when Trent tries to push things too far in front of Alex where Alex is like you need to stop and yeah. it's the typical male thing where like Trent feels like he's above the women so he can just be like no I'm right you're wrong but when Alex pushes back that's the only time he's like he actually stops because he's like oh another guy is telling me I need to stop but Until of course he like, like doesn't own code. still won't own it but yeah, Alex is like, it's clear from their dynamics that like, Alex is the only one that like get Trent to stop. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the friend group. So at the lake, despite the bullshit with Trent, Sonia and Coley still kind of have more stuff together. Cause like, Coley's like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And she leaves because, I mean, who wouldn't? And some douchebag just yeah. dunked you in a lake. Like, fuck this shit. Friends are not worth it. It was my take on this scene. Mm-hmm. And Coley goes to leave and, like, get her bike and get the fuck out of there. But Sonya follows her. Then yep. proceeds to flirt with her. Uh, by And gives Coley her number and her AOL instant messenger account. And, like, <laughs> I almost lost it at the aim account thing because that was my life growing up so i was just like yes yes and i and like when i read it i could hear the noise like the noise of someone going offline or coming online because it was very distinctive door opening door closing if you went off on and off yes i was like oh in my head because i happen like it was just one of those things that one of those noises that stick in your brain when you're through your formative years with you, you use aim so much and and the fact that live journal is in here too because yes i was writing fan fiction on live journal back in the day <laughs> so live journal is know bit, what that one is yeah live journal is a little bit before my time too it was like the before tumblr was kind of thing it's like ancient tumblr in a way um because you can like yeah. post things and comment and like write essays it was it, there were no, it. there was no like re-blogging or anything. It was literally just a journal that people. It was, it was like a journal site, and you did entries, and you could do them privately or publicly, and then uh, basically people would comment. But it turned into a social media platform actually, where people would 
interact with all of that and fandoms that's where fandoms gathered for a while because it was like one of the only places so there'd be like these yeah i wrote gray's anatomy fan fiction on there back in the day <laughs> and buffy anyway moving on i'm surprised by the gray's anatomy one really mm-hmm. why me too Kelly and arizona beaches um i have yeah it's i still have fan fiction out there who knows where but it, it was just one of those things. So back back then, you had two choices. You e- They either made an actual forum for the fandom. So like the one they did for the queer characters in Buffy was the kitten, the witches, and the bad wardrobe. And everyone posted their thoughts and fan fiction on a forum. Or you did live journal. Those were your choices in the early days. That sounds tough. That was pretty cool, actually. <laughs> Made a lot of friends. <laughs> a lot of ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Speaking but, yeah. of like girlfriends. So, Coley and Sonia, this is the start. Let's be honest. And my favorite thing about this particular interaction is the way Coley in her inner monologue Mm-hmm. just describes <laughs> what's happening first of all kaylee kyoko beautiful like you can tell she's a lyricist by the way she writes which i love her imagery and her, her emotive language is so very spot on but just the how gay this is is just okay I, it was really hard to pick my favorite description so i'm gonna give my top two from this interaction because it was just the gayest so <laughs> they basically get off on the wrong foot obviously and then um i think they hug and then sonia asks coley can we start over and i'm just gonna read what Haley writes she asks again right in my ear and i think this is how i'm going to die just shiver into pieces here on the road that is one of the gayest sentences i've ever heard in my life gay gay drama right that's just gay dramatics and i love it just useless lesbian energy useless teenage lesbian and then my other favorite is her touch is a jolt that made everything inside me buzz alive like spring has come and i'm i've been hibernating in a denial cave with a grief boulder blocking the entrance it's just the case yes just it's just the case i love it so much denial cave amazing the grief boulder like it's just yes it's just the game. That's some game. shit. It's some shit I would have written on my live journal back in the day. <sighs> just, ugh, it's just—it's wonderful. But aside from how gay it is, uh, the other things that I picked up just from this conversation, which is kind of one of their first real conversations, is like through their dialogue, you can get a sense of their defense mechanisms, which is like shaping the character and making them three-dimensional. So Coley seems to be the one who deflects with humor and that's kind of her emotional armor because she again we've established the meaning is low emotionally and so she tries she gets people to laugh and that's kind of her like defense mechanism and how and she also has this persona that she's tough and so nobody messes with her because you know she's hurting and doesn't want to be hurt anymore yeah on the other hand uh sonia does the opposite instead of just like being reserved uh and like she's more she overcompensates by being dramatic so she's like overplaying the part of being 
okay and the happy perfect girl and she'll say things like darling it's called romance and like she like even in her like <laughs> I, i'm so glad we had that recorded that's my favorite theory impression welcome. so far uh even but like she says that to coley in this conversation but even like later in her live journal entries she will use overly dramatic language uh-huh. where she's clearly overcompensating her persona of everything's fine and perfect and happy having absolutely be it's very and it's also very kind of indicative of the kind of even she's a dance girl so she is i knew all uh, like i played sports with all the dance team girls and this was like really true to life on my experience with them in general so it was again just like this whole book is like watching a part of high school like late high school for me and which was very interesting and it made me really get into the characters more and it's it's like i i knew knew sonia you can see her in a lot of girls that i that i knew back then so that was something i appreciated these characters are just super real Caitlin, did you have any thoughts about Sonia when you kind of first we get introduced to her? I don't remember. That's okay. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. Uh, there's not. She's very. I don't know. One dimensional. When you first meet her, you just the first impression is pretty girl. My brain doesn't work. And then she's just being overly nice uh-huh. despite this horrible situation of like the tread bullshit. But uh, the darker side of it that we first get a glimpse into here is that Sonia is the type of girl who doesn't know how to say no. And that's, we talked about that in another episode, that that's a very hard lesson to learn. And it's not something you're taught how to just set boundaries and say no. Um, And it's kind of apparent in the fact that Coley uh, confronts her about Trent throwing her in the lake. And she's like, why didn't you stop him? And Sonia says, like, I didn't know how. And, like, Coley doesn't let her finish that sentence because she's pissed off at this point. But, like, that's really indicative of Sonia, um, the person, and, like, again, that social role of perfect Uh girl playing the female role that, like, men get their way all the time. So, but for Sonia, it's, like, the first hint, but we get into it later. It's it's much deeper than that for her. Yeah. And she's the, she goes along with things just to you know get along with life and this is what she has to do to get to where she wants to go basically is the general idea of it and she's rationalizing all of this behavior from trent and other people so she doesn't have to confront her actual feelings and i don't mean like for coley i mean in general like what are her real feelings about trent when he does xyz or trent in general or even brooke when brooke is trying to get you know trent to notice her instead of sonia or is jealous of sonia so like there are all of these emotions that sonia has that she just refuses to acknowledge and um 
ignores them and just goes along with everything, which is an easier route for some people. And we kind of see why, how she got into that later on when it talks about her mother. And I had another thought that I cannot freaking remember right now, but it's, it was something about, um, dadgummit. Maybe I'll remember it at some point. Oh, well. Yeah, we'll jump into the Sonya, how she's indoctrinated into this behavior when we get to her mother. Because it's straight up indoctrination. Alright, before we move on, I just want to point out one more thing from the conversation with uh, Coley and Sonya. is one of the things that Coley notices is her nails, Sonya's nails, and they're periwinkle. Uh-huh. And, uh, if you get the hardcover book and take oh. the cover off, the book is periwinkle colored. Yeah. See, that's not where I thought you were going with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Caitlin, where did you think I was going with that statement? I think that there's only one other plausible place where that could go. So, okay. I mean, why Coley for was once, looking at her nails. For once, it wasn't me. <laughs> I have been corrupted enough in this podcast to be able to make those jokes now. And our comment sections. So. <laughs> <Yes>. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> but yeah, so I love that. I was re- I was, she kept describing the, the color kept coming up and I was holding the book and I'm like, god uh-huh. damn it, that girl attention to detail. Yes. Got so I could never that detail. That made me so happy. I also am somebody who doesn't like to read hardcovers with the book sleeve on because I don't want Mm -hmm. it to get messed up while I'm reading. So. I would lose it. I love that Uh, Theora is like the book book sleeve is there to protect the book, but I want to protect the book sleeve. I I take care of my books. They don't like. Why does it feel like it's meant to take care of the book? And where I, I totally get where you're coming from because I almost did I almost do it all the time too, but then I'm like, but I'll lose it. <laughs> nah, I have them like they 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 sit on display for later because like, like that's a, what's co- it doesn't matter. It's like <laughs> a, therapist to get seeing a therapist. You need yeah, to take care of that's, yourself if you're yeah. taking care of someone else. Exactly. Or just like just get into this. Thank you all for coming on this book therapy journey. <laughs> anyway, so, anyway, after we notice the periwinkle, Sonia and Coley hang out a lot, like yeah. so much so that Sonia's friends are like, "Where the fuck are you?" <laughs> it's typical, so typical. The honeymoon stage, shall we say? Yeah. When they haven't confronted anything, but it's all there, and it's like they're in a relationship, but they're not in a relationship, and they're not talking about it, getting to know each other. It's super cute. I'm surprised it didn't mention that they passed a U-Haul store on. I know, right? (laughs) Does this town even have one, Caitlin? That's a good question. (laughs) I don't know. What time? What like? What year is this? Two thousand and like one, two thousand six, something in there. It says it on the live journal entries. Pretty sure. Oh, that's right. It does. Two thousand six. Yes, two thousand six. June two thousand six is when this is happening. Through August. Yeah. So U-Haul existed. New Hall did exist because I was already moving at that point. 
<laughs> All right. But I think one of the reasons that they're hanging out a lot and in that get to they're in the get to know you stage so much is because I think both of them um, start dropping their facades that takes a lot of energy to keep up. And there's something clever that Haley does when writing this to note that that's what Coley is doing. And so anytime Coley is talking about Sonia, like the real Sonia, the one that she keeps hidden behind this mask, is she'll use an italicized her anytime she's uh-huh. talking about that, like the real uh, Sonia. And hold on. And she says, I, I, you know, she says, like, I like that the best. Um, and she has this line where she says, all I really want to do is see her italicized. That's why I'm here. That's why I let her drag me out of my house and into shoplifting and down those railroad tracks and then back here. And it's just like that thing where you're just like, I got it bad. And it's like a drug. And uh-huh. it's like, I'm doing all these things out of character for me because I'm just addicted to like seeing her, you know? And Coley mentions it multiple times where she's like, she gets her to laugh and like, it's a real laugh. And she's like, I notice it's not fake and it's not overly dramatic. And it's like, that's real. And she has these lines where she, or these inner monologue lines where she's like, I never knew what triumph was until I got her to laugh. Like that, it's like that drug thing where it's uh-huh. like, I just want to keep so you So is that not you. normal to do with friendships? <laughs> like, uh, you just... Not how, really. how addicted are you? Yeah. <laughs> No, this this was uh, when I was younger. I had a friend that was like bad influence, and I don't know if it was just like a friendship or anything. So, no, that if you're like, I'm not so much addicted to my my friends. It's like a there's a different component. I mean, you can still just be friends and have that component, but it it kind of goes beyond a. It goes beyond an, a normal friendship, if you will, um, even if you don't call it anything else. To be fair, that one broke up with me, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so the the whole like situation her. was weird. Let's continue. Um, oh, I remember what I wanted to say earlier. Do it. Mir- a miracle. I liked... Uh, <sighs> The, the the reason that Sonia gets so into Coley so quickly to me was that Coley just gives her shit in a way that no one else does from the start and just doesn't react to her the same way that other people do, even though inside Coley is super into her from the start. And I, I just, I liked that aspect that Sonia was almost addicted to that. It seemed like that kind of thing that Coley does to her, like makes those time, makes those real moments come out. Sonia likes being challenged. Yes, she does. That's what it is because no one challenges her. She's like queen bee. Yes. And everyone gives her what she wants because she's playing that role of the perfect girl, perfect daughter where she people give her what she wants as long as she plays the part and here's somebody who comes along who's like ah no i'm not gonna give you what you want i'm gonna tease you which she does purposely yes slowly does tease her and she's like i feel like when i was watching 
I'm not watching, but reading those scenes where Coley's like purposely like she wants me to give in, but I'm not going to give her that. Yeah. I'm just going to watch exactly. her cha- let her let her chase me because that's fun. I felt like I was reading the feelings music video because that's what like Haley's yeah. Haley's great at begging in music videos, and that's what the whole video was about. So I was like, yeah, this this one, I'm like this feels a little too real. That dynamic was very relatable. So, but like the first, and it's clear that Sonia is going to be into something like that because, like, the first live journal entry she writes uh-huh. is, "I'm bored. Nothing ever changes here." So here comes somebody who just is like, "No, I'm going to challenge you." Like, uh-huh. it's who shakes things up. That's that's what she wanted for real. It's always when you and, write uh, that that something's going to come and change. It's yeah. almost like Haley knew. <laughs> yeah. Almost like she wrote this or something. Like, it's almost like it's on purpose. But yeah, like it's one of those things where you speak it into existence. Mm-hmm. She did. Sonia spoke spoke all this shit into existence. And uh, speaking of live journal, so like her live journal is like, I found this to be clever, a clever way of giving us Sonia's point of view because the story is told through Coley's like point it's first person so like you get her inner thoughts she's speaking you see everything through her lens but through the live journals you get to see sonia's thoughts both public thoughts and private thoughts right without like the her switching point of views of the characters you kind of get that gist Mm -hmm. from these live journal entries which i thought was clever way to do that and you notice over time especially during this honeymoon period the way her her journal entries start changing and it's not the public ones. The public ones are the same where she's using that dramatic language and that like, Hey guys, love my friends and like all that kind of stuff. None of that really changes. So like the, the mask she's wearing doesn't change at all. Even her like online version, but the private entries 100% start changing. Um, And I love that you can really see the difference in like, who she presents herself as and who she actually is in little details, like the music choices she chooses to put. Cause like in the live journal entries, like it's like mood and then music and then whatever you're going to write. And if you notice like the music she puts publicly is all this like pop top 10 hits kind of music, like crowd pleasy music versus like her private music is like Rilo Kylie. And it's like not mainstream kind of band. So it's more like, stuff you're into that you wouldn't like say out loud because you're afraid your friends would be like that's dumb that's lame so like you kind of see like sonia definitely has a split personality thing happening because of who she presents as it's absolutely relatable and i love how like angsty her like private entries are when she's like lincoln park and like she starts like going down this like angsty music rabbit hole i wish i knew the music because i i I just kept skipped over that part listen to the playlist you will you will be like you'll get i did it in order where you get like her public entry private entry it's like black and white like the music it's wild like if you go listen to it it sounds disjointed the the journal entries it reminded me of um several people are typing yeah me too (laughs) but i hate it when people switch point of views because it just it messes with me too much and i I have trouble focusing in general 
So this separate point of view, I'm just like, no, I want to stay with this person. Stop pushing me over to that person. But that that was a good touch and also helped me read easier. Yeah. Uh, so, I thought was... it was clever. Uh, it also keeps you in the time period, too. Mm-hmm, so does. I like that element also. Yeah, I didn't pay attention um, to that. No details whatsoever. Um, there was one thing that struck me not <clears throat> about the something with Curtis and, and Coley is when she comes home that one night and he's making the jewelry and uh, basically she finds out that the necklace that her mom was wearing when she um committed suicide was one that Curtis made her and i don't know that was just uh, that that one got me that and afterwards she has this like whole inside internal monologue where she's talking about loneliness and being a trapped animal and um, being scared that she'll lose herself too, and that, or that she'll never find herself at all. And that was super relatable as well, because the the fear of never being okay, or the fear of slipping into that super dark place and not coming back, is a really that's a really scary one. <laughs> Especially in the wake of your mother just doing that. Exactly. You know? And like, as she fights, a, a lot of the stuff with her dad is very much fighting the fact uh-huh. that she's like her mother. Yeah. And I don't think she knows how to deal with that. Exactly. It's a lot, you know? So, yeah. This book, like, attacked me from a lot of angles. So, <laughs> uh, Cause it's like, it was like my life back in the early two thousands and also my life now. Thanks a lot, Haley. Damn you. Anyway. I wish I knew life then. <laughs> like I got a little bit of this stuff, but I was just too little to actually know it. So I have no idea what you guys are talking about. You just like leapfrogged in technology. So mm-hmm. This is like primitive social media. That's all. Yeah. That's all. I joined at but, the very end of AIM. Uh, I spent most of high school on AIM. It's good times. College. college. I was 17 in 2001 and so. <laughs> Basically the thing is, Caitlin, like we couldn't text because texting mm-hmm. cost a fuckload of money. No, yes, I got to, I was still, I was still there. So that the was our texting. <laughs> Well, texting but, became free first, right? It doesn't matter, but I was still there in like call after nine and uh-huh. texting is awful. It was bad. Uh, anyway, speaking of parents, uh, one of the things that happens over summer is that Coley meets Sonia's mother, Tracy. Uh-huh. So I'd like to take this time to unpack Sonia's mommy issues. Because uh, they are vast and uh-huh. uh, horrible, to be quite Frank, I don't know. Do you want me to go first? Does anybody want to go first with listen? So just Sonya's mommy issues. Mo- oh, listen, Sonia's mom is one of those people that make me want to scream, and I don't even know because they're the people that think you have to be one way, and that that's the only way to go through life. 
any other and and the fact that they think that is bad enough but then they put that on their children and give them impossible expectations to live up to a, a hollow image of what a person should be rather than letting them be themselves and that is that is very it, it's a trap and it's terrifying and the fact that Sonia sits there and has to watch her sister her little sister go through this same process and be afraid for her as well. I mean, it's no wonder she's terrified to be herself because she's been taught her entire life that being herself is not a enough or B ever going to get her where she wants to go. So, um, fuck you, Tracy. That's all. Can you give me a small recap of what Tracy did? Oh, yes. I got you. Don't worry. Thank you. <clears throat> this is an example of what indoctrination actually looks like. So Tracy, uh, basically when Coley first meets Tracy, uh, Tracy doesn't seem pleased that Coley's there, but Coley notices that she puts on this like fake, really fake smile and is pretending like everything's okay. She's one of those people who values politeness and appearances over actual kindness and actual affection. And you get the sense from Sonia that she's very, like, afraid to step out of line and that it all kind of stems from her mother. And that becomes really, really apparent with Emma, her little sister, because she mentions to Coley that, like, sometimes that she's like, yeah, um, my mother, she, she had me, like, looking in front, like, when I was little, I would, like, look in front of the mirror and, like, look for flaws. And she's like, and I see my little sister doing that. I know that came from my mother. Um, and there's a scene where... Basically, they're on the couch watching the movie because Emma's obsessed with this movie, The NeverEnding Story, and watches it like a million times a day. And they're babysitting Emma. And they're talking and something happens where like Sonia is basically like coaching her how to lie. Um, and the little sister says something. She's like, oh, have you watched this? Is this the first time you're watching this movie today? And Emma's like, no. And Sonia's like, that's that's bad. You need to learn how to lie better. And like she jokes with her. But, like, she says to Coley later, she's like, that's the only way she's going to survive my mother. So, like, it's awful. So she's, like, trying to protect her little sister from, like, becoming what she was forced to become. Uh And I call this perfect girl syndrome because her mother seems like the type of person who's extremely controlling and has a concept in her brain for what a daughter is supposed to look like, behave, um... She's supposed to be quiet and not talk. And like Sonia explains all of these things to like Holy and like is supposed to be a do feminine things like dance and uh, date the alpha male at school and, and, you know, just take whatever affection you get and just don't step out of line. The type of person to have a children should be seen and not heard poster. Yeah, that's that was that was Sonia's childhood. Like she's mm-hmm. mentioned, she's like, the reason my mother threw me into dance is so that I would get all that energy out. So I wouldn't be so talkative and like things like that. Yep. Um, but I, I want to mention uh, the dollhouse thing that's going on, um, which is like another way you can really see this very clearly right off the bat. And Sonia makes the comparison way later in the book, but like it's right here in the beginning when Coley first goes into her room, the description of the stuff in the room there's like a canopy bed, 
baller, ba ballerina pink bedspread. She's like, this is this room is not what I expected now that I know who you are. So it's like very clear that like her mother staged all of that because it looks like a dollhouse. Like uh -huh. it's got all these pretty little things and like super, super feminine. And Chloe's like, this doesn't match the person that I know her. I italicized her. So it's very, very clear her mother is super controlling in her life. And uh, for Sonia, she's also a child of divorce and gets along mostly with her dads, like bio, bio dad and then stepdad. But she doesn't see them often because like her mother is controlling her and keeps her most of the time. So it's like she she so the, the fact that you brought up Coley feeling trapped, they are both trapped. They are uh -huh. just trapped in different ways. And I think that's what they're really bonding over is together, they're free to be themselves around each other. And that once you get a taste of that, it's just, that's the ultimate drug. There's no going back from that once you know what that's really like. Yeah, so Tracy yeah. puts Sonia in this position where she's surviving and not living her life. And exactly. Yeah, the tragedy of it is really Emma because like Sonia sees it happening right in front of her eyes with Emma. Now that she knows what all of that really was about, it's just she's like, I'm trying my best to stop it. But Sonia doesn't know how to like set boundaries. Like, and it's difficult when you're the minor and you're like, uh -huh. how do you set boundaries with your sole caregiver? Like, you know. Even as an adult, it's difficult. Right yeah and so it's it's very sad like that dynamic is really sad to watch emma like be next yeah. in line for this bullshit really yeah and it, little emma yeah that was just that was one of the like great tragedies in the book was just you know that this kid is gonna be going through exposed to the same stuff sonia was and you're just well that sucks. I feel like it's not uncommon. This is a yeah. this is traditional family values crap mm. to the extreme, you know. So, but um, on a completely different note, let's get off the let's get off that and talk about something happy. Let's talk about the post-it note. Let's talk about the post-it oh. note and the live journal entry. Let's let's yes. talk about that. I could not believe she actually posted that. When I was mm -hmm. reading it, I'm like, this is a private entry. This is a private entry. I know, right? And it was it. I was like, this haiku is so gay. I literally wrote in my book, oh my God, she actually posted this. <laughs> I don't know, what does it say? It. All right. Well, okay, let's set up. Let's set up. Do you remember how we got to the post it note entry, Brie? Do I remember anything? Oh, she's asking me. Sorry. To recap for Caitlin. I yes, apologize. So. <laughs> And so, I'll read the entry when we get there. When they were babysitting Emma, uh, basically, long story short, Sonia goes to the bathroom. She doesn't feel well. And then when Coley comes to check on her, she is like, yeah, I just don't feel well, blah, blah, blah. And so Coley's like, all right, I'll leave. And But before she does, she goes back and grabs some Post-its and writes her AIM messenger name on it name, her handle <laughs> her handle and then slips it under the bathroom door where sonia is and then leaves and then later on sonia posts a live journal entry which is a haiku poem about the post-it note and she does it publicly yes and also to be fair she was drunk 
Yes. When she was in the bathroom and like throwing up. And Coley also uh-huh. like left her water and she's like, here's my yes. digits. Yeah, she's game. like, <laughs> and there's some water on the, the, yeah. the side table. I gotta go. She, she's like, here, I left you water. So she's taking care of her. So that's important because it's just, okay. I'm gonna read the haiku and then the first few lines that Coley writes in the next chapter because it's all perfect. Okay. So the journal entry says, um oh my god actually let's read the whole thing because it's pretty gay okay mood poetic music lover's spit by broken social scene i love that song by the way it's one of my faves go ahead post it bolded here's the poem little yellow square secret slipped under the door drunk on you and me and then coley what does it mean? That's all I can think over and over, skipping in between the few instantly memorized lines of Sonia's poetry. What does it mean? <laughs> Why is it so real? <laughs> yeah, I think the- I also uh, was like, wait a minute, that's that's public? Yeah. <laughs> it was public. Yeah, I couldn't believe she did that. And then literally, like, Coley's gay, immediate gay panic was the best. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, that's so just what it is. Because, like, she's like, well, she was drunk. Is that a play on words? Is it? Is she being literal? Like, what, is it, what does it all mean? She became the meme before there were memes. Mm-hmm. Man. Uh, and I like, there's a line, there's a couple of things in this section that I liked, and that was that Coley calls Sonia a girl made up of lots of questions and few answers. Yeah. Which is very accurate. And then I love that Sonia likes that Coley gets all of her references. Like, that's something I related to as well. Because, like, when you're in that, like, getting to know you phase and you realize that you connect those little, those bits. And it just feels, if it is a drug, you do be getting high off that shit. It's true. When somebody else gets your references, it's just, it, again, because it's like, you see me. Exactly. Kind of thing, you know? Yep. <sighs> okay. Should we pause and wait for Caitlin? Yeah. Should yeah. get the dog. Future Caitlin, edit this out. <laughs> I'm trying so hard and just things to get so crazy. I'm very sorry. Oh, this but is speaking so much editing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Speaking of animals, I, not actually. I'm surprised there were no animals. We're gonna hop on over to the barn party. <laughs> let's let's not bring up the lack of animals. Okay, someone needs to have a dog. We're sorry. Um, sorry. At least a cat. Come on. Why is there no barn cat? Thought you guys were in the sticks. Yeah, there's a barn cat. They just didn't mention it. <laughs> it sh- it mm. maybe Haley's not a cat lesbian. Who knows? Um, I'm not. I'm gonna ask her. I have so many questions for her. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so in the barn party, many things happen. But one thing that happens that's I think is important is we meet Faith for the very first time, and this is somebody who is a year older than Sonia and is a dancer also. She seems like when you first meet her, she's like too cool for school. And like, I immediately started getting queer vibes from her 
based on the way Sonia was like speaking to her, uh-huh. almost like like Faith has Gadar and she's like, "Girl, I see you." <laughs> and yeah. Sonia, that she's mad about that. Because uh, Sonia warns Coley to stay away from Faith, because right. but for two reasons: one, she's jealous, and two, she's like, um, "The gay is contagious." Basically. <laughs> Oh yes, that's why. That's why you're there, right? <laughs> so, so she's like, so you shouldn't hang her. You shouldn't hang around with her because, um, you know, she's one of those girls. And I'm like, Sonia, you're one of those girls. <laughs> oh my god, In- internalized homophobia is a hell of a drug. Uh, yes, I will say that. It is. And I, I felt so bad for Coley because anytime she said shit like that, just that in like internalized homophobia stuff, like, mm-hmm. oh, man, that's so real too. It's, when you're like. It hurts, man. That hurts, man. I thought we were friends. What the fuck? Oh, Why you we gotta be a bigot? <laughs> I thought we were getting somewhere, and I thought that that we, yeah, the fact that yeah. you think that is is just crushing. But um, That's yeah, like he said, faith. It is. Faith it sees is. right through Sonia, and Sonia to Sonia, that's a threat. So, um, you know, she can't be having that. And uh, of course, Trent is gonna r- Trent. Is gonna ruin everything again with the absinthe. Uh, oh my god! It classic in with his lighter. Classic male who's like, I know what to do. I know Almost what to sets do. the barn on fire. Like yeah, a fucking Coley, idiot. Like, saves everybody with her quick thinking. Yeah, and he's that, an leaves, that leaves uh, Sonia pulls Trent away to go dance, and then Faith and and coley have a little talk and then you get the the whole sonia looking over and being jealous and mad and it's like oh she does like i've just have those i've had those moments where it's like oh she does care and then but it's still a fucked up situation it's definitely a fucked up situation anyway uh, yeah so the ultimately the barn party gets busted by the popo and so everybody runs away and uh long story short they end up like waiting in a sea of poison 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 oak yes and this is the poison oak huh this is the west coast it's the west coast yes on the west coast i grew up on the east coast for me it's poison ivy uh anywho so that so of course of course what do gal pals do? They have to put technu on each other and then clear <laughs> one bed afterwards, obviously. <laughs> like, I was reading this whole thing and I'm like, what in the AO3 am I reading right I know, now? It's like, this is every fan fiction I've ever read. <laughs> just, just. Haley's read fan fiction. Haley. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> Absolutely. And I will say. People who have read and written fan fiction write the best kind of scenes like this because it it's just the best. And yeah, uh, yeah but like, oh my god, that whole scene where she's that. <laughs> but it's also like she nails the torture element of all of that really well. Mm-hmm. Because you're I like, really like what, this scene. Tell us why, Caitlin. I don't. It's just <laughs> the gay panic. It, it, <laughs> probably because. <laughs> Probably because it reads like fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she's like is... she's. It's like she's touching me. Oh my god, she's touching me, and it's just like the oh. 
But no, but like it, the fact that she was trying to get out of the house so much. Oh my like, god. She, all she wanted to do uh-huh. was leave and get out uh-huh. of there. <laughs> and she's like, shit, she's, she's oh, not done every like, reason I, can't I handle have. this. Yeah. That Sonia. She she really wanted to share that bed with Coley. But like when we're in the tech news stage where they're doing the lotion, uh it just okay, just being a baby gay and not knowing if your crush is also a baby gay mm-hmm. adds another layer to all of that because you're like can I react to this? Can I not react to this? Like it just it adds more psychological torture than it yep. would normally. If is like they were if they were if they were straight people either opposite sex or same sex. Like there's another layer in there of just like emotional torture that's going uh-huh. on. And like Coley's inner monologue really nails all of that. And I appreciate that cuz it's so real. It's just because Haley's been there and she knows how to oh, for and she sure. knows how to write. <laughs> yeah. But like damn, that was just straight yep. up torture and then the mm-hmm. bed scene. Okay, the bed scene. The bed scene. Jesus. Was Christ. Sonya awake or not? Uh, yes. Take a poll. Yes. Yes. This, I'm. I'm like. I sleep like the dead. Was she awake during the cuddling? Is what I'm asking. She was awake. Um, she had to be. I agree. <laughs> she just would never admit it, and she knows that the only way that she can get close to Coley in this moment, in this circumstance, is if she is asleep. Okay, so I think she was asleep and she woke up like that. But then she's just like, I like it here. I'm just gonna go back to sleep without... Yeah. Yeah. That's the second option. That's a good option, too. That's a really good question. There's no way that bitch did it now. I've done that before. (laughs) I woke up and I'm like, oh, okay, I just stay here like this. (laughs) There is no way. That happens with me and my golden dude. <laughs> Are you right here? Okay. Oh, I love Kinja. That is so oh accurate. Kinja insists. Kinja is my golden doodle. Oh no! In- I- I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that that this scene really, really got to me because I literally my senior year of high school I was totally that bitch better never watch this podcast. I was totally in love with my best friend and uh, I would spend the night over her house and we would be in the same bed and I would just be laying there like, I'm not gay. <laughs> I just want to hold her. It's okay. That's not gay, right? Just, I, she's right there. Can I, I just want to, no, can't do that. Torture, <laughs> and then she would do things like uh, show me her shoulder muscles because she was a pitcher. Because of course we played softball, and one of them was her pitcher. Her pitching arm was the sh- muscles on that side were bigger, and so she would be like, "Hey, would you rub this?" Techno, you know what? <laughs> Techno, but like icy hot. Yeah. whatever on and then she would be like it's okay because you're not gay yeah uh, and then we ended up to both be queer so anyway <laughs> i related <laughs> to this scene 
Oh, I really into this in the opposite way, where like had to share a bed with like a crush for like sports reasons and just being like i can't move at all when i'm sleeping because this is a straight person and that would not be cool and like there's so then i couldn't sleep so it was the worst well no that's what i did because i couldn't like actually reach out and didn't nothing like we didn't get to it's cuddle just, yeah it's just like the horror because you're just like god no mm-hmm. it's Anywho. it's awful it is awful it's an extra layer present in queer stuff that the queer mm-hmm. experience why we all need therapy <laughs> yeah and fan fiction <laughs> and we need the ao3 fan fiction is therapy sometimes it sure is um all right so slightly off topic but did you see they're like making a bill to like not like allow ao3 or something like that i've been waiting for that yeah like i've been waiting tq stuff on the internet basically <laughs> just weird anyway let's continue with the actual gay up. stuff uh well we're pivoting away from the actual gay stuff and we're going to talk about uh, another set of uh meeting the parents which is when the immediate after the sharing the one bed of course you have to go meet your future father-in-law so exactly. sonia goes and meets curtis and up until this point Sonia's only heard about Curtis through Coley's point of view, which is mostly like, oh, he's not, I, I, she doesn't even call him dad. She calls him by his first name and is like, he doesn't know well, that's what he's, he's doing. He's not her dad. He's her dad, but like, he's not her dad. Right. Yeah. And then that's the way Haley's showing that. But like, when Sonia gets there, she's like, I don't understand what you've been saying. Like, he's actually, he's trying. Like, he offers to make them pancakes. He makes small talk with her. And like, he he wants to be involved. But like, Coley is like, no. Like, shutting him out. Basically, hardcore. So like, Sonia's like, the math's not mathing here from what you're telling me and what uh-huh. he's showing me. Um, and also, I have to say, the excuse of like, why they were late or whatever <laughs> sonia says that we were playing capture the flag is that the new gals being pals because I, that was a great line <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna use that I'm we were playing capture the flag and this said this just means gals being what pals the flag? Like... yeah <laughs> exactly use well, your imagination indeed uh, the flag equals feels Sure, Caitlin. Sure, sure, that's what it means. Sure, that's what it means. <laughs> okay, and so like after Sonia kind of like delivers that line, which is it, the book says can, she continues smoothly. <laughs> so I just love that line. Um, basically, Sonia stays, and they like her and her dad like bond, and Coley's kind of witnessing this, and then she just says like the saddest thing ever, but it's just adorable. Um, as she's watching this, she says. Is this what it's like when you have a girlfriend? Do you just get to grow up and move in with them and wake up with them and eat breakfast with them and be Uh happy? Like, that was the saddest fucking line at that point in the book. But, like, there's many, many an instance in this book where Haley drives home the point that, like, representation really matters and, like, seeing normal people out in life just being gay and having it not be a big deal is everything because like this little baby gay is like 
that can't even think that she can have these things because she's like, well, you're no being gay, like is not the norm and like has never seen a healthy gay relationship. So she's like, I didn't even know I could have this basically until it's like happening in front of her. And she's like, wow, could this really, could I have something like this? I didn't even think that was possible. Like, it's just sad and it's fucked up. And that's why representation matters. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why this queer. I was going to say not why we're queer because, you know, we just are, but. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Not going to say anything. All right, cool. So (laughs) let's move to really queer shit. Uh, Let's talk about the train track kisses and the Oh my goodness. The payoff. But it's messed up. What's messed up? The thing that happens afterwards is messed up. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. The preceding rest of the up. book is fucked up until the end. <laughs> We're but. gonna revel in the 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 good part for a second, and then we'll okay, I'll let you go guys to the depression. <laughs> um. So yeah, Let's, basically, Sonia is about to get hit by a train, and yeah. uh, the Coley's like, "Um, hey, bitch, get off the tracks," and has to tackle her ass. Um, and then they end up in the grass and gay shit happens. Um, they, they have a a chat, a real deep chat as well. So there's that, but I like that there's a champagne analogy because we had champagne show up earlier in the book and then it comes back in the form of, um, I'm a shaken champagne bottle exploding everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. It was very good. I liked that description and analogy mm-hmm. uh, because it really, like, you know that feeling when you first kiss somebody and there's that crazy rush of it's happening and then it just explodes. So 10 out of 10 description. Yeah. And the motive description is just. It is. Fine. It's very impressive for a first novel. And basically what has happened is that Coley has told Sonia about her mom and she had been kind of waiting for Coley to reveal that information for some time now. And so she feels like she's like, she's gotten beyond a wall with Coley and Coley has let her in, which makes what happens next even more fucked up. But it's not just that, it's that the way that Sonia reacts to Coley letting her in, I, the kissing and getting closer and the intimacy, Coley says that she is like, she sees Sonia, like the real Sonia is not just in glimpses right now. She's getting her nonstop in, in this time. Mm-hmm. So, which is both lovely and sad. And that's when Olive Juice happens because... Um, because Sonia says, I'm really happy that you're here with me and that I get to know and that I get to know you and that you trust me enough to tell me. And, um, then it's just kind of super sweet and gay until Sonia says, Hey, olive juice. And Coley's like, The fuck? The, what? What? And <laughs> so she slows it down and says, I love juice i love you 
is what it means. Yeah. And that makes Coley laugh, and it would make me laugh too. I'm gonna say that that is some shit that I would say. So, yeah. So I I got distracted for like a good five minutes during this scene, trying to figure out the aloe juice thing and like saying it slow and trying to figure out the right pronunciation of it, and then also getting distracted by olives. <laughs> juice. <laughs> Whoever said that you want ADHD is insane. Anyway. It's just, it's so cute. And it's like finally Sonia's being super real and saying the things that she wants to say. It's stuff that she would say in her private journal. But she's saying it to Coley finally. So it's like, hallelujah. I want to point out, though, though, in this scene, um, their location matters. So this train track area has become their private spot throughout Mm -hmm. the summer. And so I think that that's uh, important because it's their it's like their bubble. So like in their private bubble, they can drop the masks dropped the facade and learned and they learned to trust each other in these private moments away from the eyes of literally everybody else in this really small town and throughout the book sonia mentions and i think in her live journal like obviously the live journal a couple of times that like about you mentioned like she wanted to know about coley's mom but wouldn't push her and she says uh or writes very explicitly like she's like I need to earn her trust. So Sonia understands that she has to get Coley to trust her. And so when that happens, it's like, wow, she trusts me. That's huge. So Uh yeah, it makes the betraying later super fucked up because like Sonia is aware of like how big this is and that this is a trust issue. Um, And it's easy for us, the audience, to get really sucked into this moment with them and be like, oh, it's so great. But like, if you take a step back you're like yeah it's great because they're alone and like there's no ma- there's no need to have a mask but if there's an audience then the masks come back up and this moment doesn't happen so it's like it's fragile is what i'm saying like it's very uh-huh. honest and it's it's great but it's fragile at the same time because it's it, it's happening in their little eden that's not connected to their world that they're living in absolutely Ugh. Yeah, so back in reality. um, Back to reality. Oh, back to reality. So the betraying happens, uh, or Coley finds out. (laughs) What? The betraying happens. You keep saying back to reality, and then my brain went to the TikTok trend song thingy. Or so mine went to Eminem. <laughs> no, yeah. no. In my brain, it was thinking back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Yeah, that's that's the Eminem song. That's Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> because that's, I only know it from social media. Sorry. Continue. That's okay. So at the kickback party, what? That's what it's called. I forget what the fuck it was actually about. It doesn't matter. Uh, Coley gets betrayed in multiple ways. First of all, Sonia drops the bomb that she's going to dance camp like tomorrow. And didn't, like, again, in their private bubble, she could have been like, hey, um, I need to tell you this. Doesn't tell her this. 
And she's like leaving in a week. It is bullshit. Right. It's like, how are they going to do this book? (laughs) This is the (laughs) middle of the book. Uh, It's all right. The book still happens. Um, So Sonya's going to dance camp. Did not tell Coley anything at all. She was just like, I assumed all my friends know, which is... Oh, man. Bullshit okay. is what yeah, that is. I was getting really pissed off at this girl at this point. And then the worst part is that um, Coley finds out through somebody else that Sonia let it drop about her mother committing suicide. Uh. And she finds it out from somebody else, not Sonia. And she's like, well, there's only one person I told. And uh, wonderful. So, like, it's a giant betrayal of just trust. It's not so much the I need to be in the closet to be with you thing which again being somebody's secret is never great but like coley's like not fully out herself yet and so it's like they're kind of in the same place when it comes to that but this is actually just like person to person trust betrayals it's bigger than that um i don't know if you have any comments on that i have a few more things about this whole party that i found interesting yeah pisses me off yeah this party's terrible yes uh, all right, so it, in the middle of this party, basically when Coley's like, fuck the shit, I'm out. Uh, uh-huh. Sonya's like, no, 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 come with me, come with me. Let's recreate the magic. And basically takes her into her room and starts, like, force-feeding her the strawberries and cream liqueur or whatever the fuck it was. Um, and while Where she's doing this- alcohol in this book. I know, it's they're very, very weird. It's very strange. And the fact that this girl has such easy- the girl is clearly has problems because she's always drinking and she's like underage in America. Well, and like, it's very... What happened to the boxed wine? That had to have been a thing at that point, right? Was it? No, this is like stuff that we know, did when I was it? a kid. Like we were just stealing because like yeah, she's you're, just stealing you're like going to your parents' liquor and you're like, what are they not going to miss? Right, exactly. It's like my mom this got this weird shit. Gift. Yeah, the <laughs> weird peppermint shit. peppermint schnapps. So right. you get the weird shit. They're not going to miss. Exactly. I mean, that's what we did when we were kids. Yeah, but she's like, she drinks a lot. And it's kind she of does. apparent that she's got a, she's got problems. And in this mm-hmm. scene, I think this scene is really important. She's monologuing to Coley. And not really, she's like not hearing what Coley's saying or like paying attention. It's, she's just monologuing her inner thoughts because she's already like trashed. And the reason she drinks is pretty apparent. Um, She says here, like, basically she's like feeding Coley some of this strawberries and cream stuff. And Sonya says, um... This is the sacred healing drink of ancient times. Each time, uh, basically, you swallow, it'll, like, turn you into gold and all this stuff. And she says, your old self, the one you're stuck in, it will melt away with each sip. And you'll get closer and closer to the person you're meant to be. And so it's like, this girl is developing a drinking problem because she has all this internalized homophobia that's Uh been placed on her by her mother and she thinks her friends which some of them trent sure are imposing this like idea of what a woman's supposed to be onto her and so like it's her coping mechanism and so she's like you drink too and we'll just go back to just being happy and like we can escape into our little champagne dream kind of thing if we just get drunk and like coley's like no i'm over this basically like uh-huh. ugh. um then sonya tries to get her to dance uh in her room because of course you leave your own party and go dance with your gal pal like in your room that's great uh and trent catches them basically and 
or like the and like yells at her and then she tries to leave um and then sonia's like fuck i have to amp up my heterosexuality and so gross so Coley, that's all i have to say gross coley catches them about to get her sonia and trent in the laundry room five seconds from fucking and it's really disturbing no thank you like no thank you i'm glad we didn't hear the end of that or where that was actually headed no, um me thank too. you Haley, because ew it's like re- just, just ew re- good just reason ew. we're following coley <laughs> Yeah, so that um, blah. I don't like it. No, I don't like it at all. It was fucked up and super. It's just like Sonia was just very much on the. She's again acting and acting outward and overcompensating for her Uh own feelings. Just and just, it's almost like okay. I hate to say this, but it's almost like what Trent does in a way, because Trent can't deal with responsibility so he just or feelings and he just acts out his feelings on other people or just uh-huh. blames other people for his own shortcomings whereas Sonia kind of like through her acting out in her self-preservation ends up hurting other people as well but she's self-aware she's doing it and Trent isn't like she uh-huh. hates herself and she doesn't want to like she hates herself is really the bottom line she does not love herself which is the big prop which is a big problem and relatable it's like loving ourselves is like the one of the hardest things you again nobody teaches you how to do this but like it's it's hard to love you for who you are because like we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and like what other people want us to be and so sonia's super fucked up because of all of that so it's like you can't blame her but like when you're in coley's head it's like you're hurting coley you're hurting me like this is super fucked up but it's self-preservation she's scared and panicking and doesn't know what to do she only knows like well, this is what i'm supposed to be why can't i just be like this you know uh-huh. yep so. it's very sad to watch someone self-destruct like that yeah and then poor coley yeah, kind that's... of ends up in that situation with yep. alex when he's being nice to her uh-huh. um and she kisses him any thoughts about that? that yeah. Moment? Um listen, Coley, girl, I get it. You just you you were like, all right, well he's here. He's nice to me. I guess I'll just try. Guess what? Nope. <laughs> Gay. <laughs> She's a hundred percent homosexual, not sixty-two percent. <laughs> Which is, you know, girl. You and I that mean, sixty-two percent, Theora. I'll never let it go. What is the 62%? Oh, oh. yeah, that's right. Heartstopper. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It became, a, it became a meme later, like, 62% homosexual. It's like, the character takes a BuzzFeed quiz. It's uh-huh. like, am I gay? And he, his answer is 62% homosexual. He turns out to be bisexual. but like, So it's, it's on point, but like it's just like, it became a meme for a while after that came out. That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah, well, so... No, Coley done got the hundred. She did. Because if she was going to, like, get with anybody male in this book, the only option was really Alex. Who's also maybe queer. (laughs) Yes. I really, I think Alex is an unabashed bisexual myself. 
I hope so. Normalized bisexual men, please. Or, you know, maybe he doesn't want a label. You never know. You never know. So, unfortunately, at this party, while she was dancing with Sonia, Coley ditches her jacket, her mom's jean jacket. And so when she gets the fuck out of there, a few days later, the next day, she's like, oh, fuck, yeah, I need to, I need to go get that. That's missing. Like, ah, uh, and I need that because fuck everybody else. Like, that's mine. That uh-huh. betraying bitch is not going to get to keep this affectionate because, like, she's still like, fuck her, but I love her kind of thing. So Curtis is like, um, you don't seem okay. Let me drive you. Um, we'll go get dinner. And uh, how about I, you go do your errand and then we'll go to dinner together because I want us to start creating our own memories and creating our own like traditions and stuff and being a family kind of thing. And Coley's like, yeah, or whatever, I guess. I just want my jacket. <sighs> so she goes there and... I have to find the the chat. This made me so angry because it was just like the insanity that comes with like straight girl crushes where like they gaslight you. And um, basically like Sonia pretends like nothing. Again, she's like overcompensating and just like playing up the heterosexual perfect girl persona so much that she's basically like gaslighting Coley and being like, nothing happened. I don't know what you're talking about. I was always going to dance camp. I didn't need to tell you. You're my friend. You should just know that kind of stuff. And Coley ends up leaving this exchange and goes home. And she's like, I can't think, I can't think about being crazy. Like she starts thinking she's crazy because the girl's just gaslighting her. And she's like, I know I'm not. I know what happened was real. And it's like, it's one of those, like, it feels like a straight girl crush kind of scenario that she's having where it's like, was this real? Am I crazy? Like, is she crazy? Uh-huh. Who's crazy in this scenario, you know? I hate that feeling. Ugh, it's awful. It's it's uniquely a queer thing that's just... The denial so of reality and... I don't know. It's It just is... <sighs> I think it was actually... <clears throat> I think it was also really... A really big thing for that time period too because it was getting a little bit easier to be out in public but it was still you know you still had more uh you know you could still get the shit beat out of you easily for <laughs> being out in public especially small town small mm-hmm. town Bonefuck nowhere, America. Like, that's scary. Yeah. The Oberfeld decision didn't happen yet. Gay marriage was not legal yet. Like, so. Yep. But yeah, just that, the gaslighting is what pissed me off. I was just. Yep. Because, because, like, she's denying it herself, but also saying, no, this didn't happen, Coley. Don't. Correct. Right. It's one thing to deny it because and that's what pissed me off about her betraying Coley by like telling about her mother because it's like it's one Uh, thing to deny your trauma. It's a whole other thing to like shit on somebody else's, mm -hmm. you know, or like share it without without their permission. And that's kind of what she's doing here. She's just she's making her feel like she's crazy when she's not, you know, it's just I hated that. 
Yes, it's because she never, she's not going to say it out loud, but as long as Coley is okay with things not being, with not actually naming what's going on and it happening when no one's looking, then they're cool. Um, But the moment Coley's like, no, it's fucking Sonya's got to shut that down. And she does it in the most cruel way. Yeah. It's, yeah, cruel is the perfect descriptor. It's just, yeah. Ugh. I don't like it. I don't like it. I understand why. I just hate it. And it, ugh. Uh, yeah, and I like that the embarrassment hits me with a bewildered rush. I want to protest. I want to fight for, I don't know, us. But she's saying there isn't any us, that there never wasn't us, that I'm imagining it. I'm not. And that's when she's like, I know you told your friends about my mom. Yeah, because that's, that's real. really fucking awful. Yeah, like, fuck you. Ugh. Which Sonia's just like silent. And then Coley's like, are you even going to apologize for betraying my trust? And then she's just like, nope, just silent and that's when i love that coley says you're making really shitty choices <laughs> and she just tells yeah. it. yeah this- no she is Ugh, and like before that too we don't really talk about it but like the the okay so like sonia and trent had a thing or whatever and trent thinks they still have a thing even though they don't i'm pretty sure he's hooking up with brooke and um uh-huh. He thinks he owns Sonya because she's like the prettiest girl at school or their friend group or whatever the fuck. So he feels like he owns her or whatever. And so her, Coley picks up on how she behaves around him immediately and the way he, she just excuses his behavior, his shitty behavior. And Coley very much points out, she's like, you're you're choosing to behave like this. So you do realize that, right? Like, yeah. So he's like, no, that's just, this is what love is. You just take what you can get or like whatever. And like, he's, it's whatever. Like, boys are like this. This is what love is. And Cole's like, no, no, no. You're like choosing to like go along with all this stuff. And so like, this was like really just the big breaking point for her. She's like, you as a whole are just making really bad decisions and you're going to regret this shit one day. And um, I love me too much to deal with this. So I'm going to go. Yeah. Fuck this shit, I'm out is basically Fuck what Coley said. Well, Coley really learns the, <laughs> I learns how to love herself, which is, yeah. you can't f- truly love another person until you really love yourself, honestly. Yeah, she's like, only a really, only a really awful person doesn't apologize when they've done something like that. And it, she's like, it's unforgivable. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, speaking of bad choices. While Sonia's at dance camp, <laughs> Coley meets Blake. Oh, uh, Blake. I thought Blake was fun. <laughs> Especially, like, when they first meet. And she's like, you can steal that champagne. I don't give a fuck. And uh, she's like, I don't know. <laughs> they were kind of a mess together, but... So, did Blake know that Coley was stealing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She just didn't give a shit. She's like, whatever. You don't pay me enough to give a fuck about this place. Like She gave me those vibes. She's like, I don't give a fuck. See ya. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't care. Because she brings it up later. Like, they have the conversation. Uh And Blake's like, whatever. Um, But that whole thing basically starts where it's like, Gator, first of all. That's how that starts. And uh, 
Coley's in this position where she's like, well, Sonia's never going to love me, like, for real. Because she just threw a bomb on my life. And uh, fuck that. So I need to just move on. Because being hung up on her is only going to hurt me in the long run. But with... And it's like knowing that is one thing. But when you're emotionally not ready for that, it leads to poor decision making that ends Uh up hurting other people. And Coley is kind of learning this lesson the hard way with Blake because they start kind of like getting together a little bit. And like Coley's just like, all I can think about is Sonia. And like, I don't even know if I really like this girl. I'm just trying to be nice. And in the end, she's like, I'm just going to hurt her. And because I'm not mentally and emotionally here, basically. And it's just, it's like coping when you're not really ready to like, you know, it's coping takes time, uh, no matter what it is that you lost. And Coley up until this point has lost a lot. You can say that she's probably lost the two people who mean the most to her, have ever meant the most to her at this point in her life, her mom and Sonia. And, you know, that kind of loss takes time, uh, for you to process and just, and heal. Cause it's like, it's like a big giant wound that like, it needs time to just heal and she's just like rushing into this thing with blake and it's like to try and get the healing to happen faster and it's like that's not how it works dear coley (laughs) yeah it works you can't rush you can't rush the healing process unfortunately yeah it's such a human thing to do to just try to push yourself through the grief and the pain to get to the result and you're like Listen, if I do this, maybe I will just magically everything will be okay and glued back together. But yeah, and no, like, it's I, still there staring you in the face after you realize. Like, I relate to Coley in this, I've been in this position, uh-huh. and it's not fun for anyone. Um, and like, and Coley learns the big lesson, which is like jumping into another relationship doesn't fix anything um when it came to like relationships falling apart and particularly when they're not your fault Uh um when it's really it really was the other person had their shit to figure out and it really like it's not coley's fault that it fell apart um it is 100 percent the other person and it's really hard to deal with that and uh acknowledge that especially i don't know it just is very hard and so Sometimes it just takes a lot of time and you have to just like learn to love yourself and like learn that like other people loving you is not, you know, that's not the ultimate validation. Like you, you loving you and just y'all love you first. And and Coley kind of gets there towards the end of the book. Um, And like, this was just kind of like the experiment of, can I just relationship my way out of this? And the answer is no. No, no, honey, you gotta go through it. No, no, no. It don't work but, like it don't work like that. It don't work like that. But um, one relationship where it does work out is her and her dad, because uh, they've through the through the summer while Sonya's away, they they clear clear the air, which is really great because Coley's kind of been avoiding like talking about her mom, um, and avoid and avoiding really like letting her dad in. But slowly they start like going to dinner at the hibachi place together and like coley was kind of even afraid of that because she's like i think her mom's japanese and i think that was why they were mentioning this and she's like this reminds me of mom's food and like you know and you must remind my dad of that maybe that's why he goes here and 
they finally have the conversation where they like hash out their past where like he really tells her what happened um and why he wasn't involved and it's because he was like i was waiting for your mom to come back and she never did like i didn't give up i mean he did but he's like i didn't give up on like loving you guys i was just like waiting for her to sort her shit out and then come back to me and he says some line where he's like oh i think i i noted it because i really liked it um where he said one second oh nope that's not it he said something where it was like if i sit around um i, I basically it was like if i could do it all again like I, I learned that i need to like actively do something and not wait for things to come to me kind of thing so it's like the, the big lesson that coley needs to learn for like the sonya stuff to get resolved was here because the tragedy of that was he's like it seems like her mother still loved her father because she wore the necklace the day she died um that her dad made her she kept the jean jacket which coley finds out it was curtis's jacket her mom took it and just kept it and kind of wore it to the to the, she wore it so much it was like she mentioned that like oh the jean jacket is like it's like thin because it was so worn all the time so like her mother like clearly like still loved her dad but like whatever happened neither of them made an action to resolve it and so it ended up with them being split apart for like 14 years um and they never got to resolve that and so i think that's a lesson that coley takes to heart and is like yeah i don't want that to be me exactly and like either consciously or subconsciously that's what drives her back to sonia and there's the part where she's talking to him about sonia and how and like breaking down because of the grief and she's finally telling curtis pretty much what's going on and then he says something that i was like holy shit you're being a dad curtis fuck yeah good job because he says you were the good part of whatever you had with her curtis says fiercely yeah. you were the good part of everything sweetie we can't control what people do, how they betray us, or even why, how they leave our lives. So many people are running scared, and sometimes they run back to us and earn back our trust, but the ones that don't come back or won't work to earn back what they lost from us, we have to learn how to let them go. I needed to read that in that... I needed to read that. Thanks, Haley. Thank you, Curtis. Hydrate I for lesbian Jesus, everyone. Hydrate for lesbian Jesus. I started crying when I read that. I don't cry when I read books, ever. Curtis Haley, is you're my... drinking so intensely right now. <laughs> I know, your eyes were so white. You're like... <laughs> you were really hydrating for lesbian, lesbian Jesus. Lesbian Jesus. I'm very dehydrated. I need lesbian Jesus. <laughs> Don't we all? We all need lesbian Jesus. <laughs> you know who needs mm. lesbian Jesus the most, though? Uh, mm. Sonia does. So yes. let's hop on over to her live journal, journal Sweet entries. Sweet Jesus. Oh, my God. From the dance, From dance camp. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. First of all, Wait, so. Why does she have this much time to write, though? Oh, she explains it. Basically, she's... Mm -hmm. So, brief overview of what's happening on Dance Camp. She's fucking up royally because her brain is back in bumfuck nowhere with Coley and the way she fucked up. And so she's fucking up 
dance camp to the point where like her dance coach tells her mom. And so she takes all these extra lessons and like basically just like hides from everybody because she's like embarrassed that she like used to be the star and now she's not the star. And she kind of does what Trent does where she's like, this is all Faith's fault. And it's like, girl, no, Uh -uh. you done fucked up. Um, so she's doing this at night and she like sneaks into the computer room. Cause remember you don't have, la- you can't do this on your phone. There's no laptop. She has to go to the computer lab on site at night when nobody else is using it. And she's like journaling at night is what's happening. And so she's flitting between like, um, her overly enthusiastic fake shit of like, yeah, I'm killing it for her friends on the public entry. And then just like angsty emo as fuck on her <laughs> private entries um my favorite one is the one where she has like the lincoln park numb song Uh i love that song first of all and then um okay then she's basically being like wow this is all coley's fault i can't believe this shit um and she's mad about faith because faith is living her best gay life right in front of sonia's face and sonia's pissed about that because that's what she wants and can't feels she cannot do and so she says in her uh a live journal entry about faith i wouldn't be so proud if i were her i heard her mother doesn't even speak to her anymore her parents split up because of her her dad took her side and her mom love isn't very unconditional no matter what they say i learned that when my mom and dad split up a family breaks and it doesn't leave a scar it's a wound sometimes it doesn't heal so like the thing she's really afraid of is like losing everything right Uh and like even though her mom is the worst she's like she's still my mom and i don't want to lose her i don't want to lose like seeing my sister emma what if they take emma away from me what if my dads leave me because i'm like faith like i'm different and i'm gay and they can't deal with that so like it's not so it's it, it is the stuff that her mom's imposing on her but she's like if i do reveal that i can't be it's like Beatrice from Warrior Nun. If I can't uh-huh. be the thing you're trying to force me to be, you know, I'll never get love from my family. I'll never, like, they'll leave me. And, like, that's what she's really worried about. That's the thing. It's not that she's afraid of, like, who she is. She's afraid of when that gets out of the bag, she'll lose it all. And she, yeah. you know, kind of thing. She doesn't want to be yeah. the thing that splits her family up and just because she can't control her gayness. Yeah, exactly. And I think that the character is named Faith because I think Faith is the literal representation of a leap of faith because for Sonya, she's seeing... Sonya's on the cliff's edge, let us say. Um, (laughs) She is. She's got the feels. She's made out with the girl. Cat's out of the bag. She's on the cliff's edge. And on the other side, she sees Sonya, the person she she could be. She's out, doesn't give a fuck, still has friends. Um... Her family split up, her, which Sonia, girl, your family already split up. Like, what are you afraid of? And um, Sonia's got a dance girlfriend. And she's like, well, that could be me. But I, it's it's safer for me to be on this on this side and not take that leap quite yet. So, like, I think that Sonia's uh, faith is the temptation, right? She's the leap of faith. This is what I could be if I, uh-huh. if I just do it. Yep. Her name is Faith because you gotta have faith, faith, faith. <laughs> Yeah, it was true. You have to have the faith that everything's going to be like, you know, that you're going to be okay. And in the end, like you might go through some rough patches, but in the end, you'll be you and you are worthy of love, which is the point of the book. I, yes. 
Um, I love that she went from... Hold on. I love that she went from man-eater Nelly Furtado to numb Linkin Park. That's what I'm saying. It's just... <laughs> I just love it. It's... You gotta listen to this and then and then and then from Vanessa Carlton a thousand miles to chasing I know that cars. one <laughs> fucking chasing cars freaking chasing yeah, it's cars just, it's what was pop it's popular stuff that people love and then it's how she's actually feeling which is like god chasing cars stuff. is such a such a freaking emotional fuck around song yeah, I can't listen to that song anymore. <sighs> Trauma. Yes. It is a relationship <laughs> Take song. Take your word for it. Yeah. All right. Uh, any more about Sonia at dance camp? No, I think you you pretty much, you got it. You nailed that. All right. So while Sonia is getting her cliff's edge on, <laughs> Coley decides to she she's bonds with Curtis over the summer and she decides to get a summer job working at the hibachi place um because she wants she to be needed. distracted huh she needed yeah, she need. for sure oh well first of all she needs money because <laughs> don't we all and she needed <laughs> to get out of the house meet people and uh it's a place that her and her dad were starting to go to and she's like oh this place is pretty nice i like the vibes like yeah let me get a new family, so work family. Um, and they do this cute thing, the employees, where they do family dinner at, at the end of the day. If you work the evening shift, where the chef makes everybody food that you just eat family style, where you, like, share amongst each other. And that's when they, like, bond with each other. And um, I don't have notes in this section, you guys do. I was just I do. <laughs> All right, go for it. Um, so the really important part about this, besides the fact that Coley has like this this thing in her life now that gives her some something to do and somewhere to direct her energy and you know something that she's good at, because you can obviously tell from the the how it's how it's written that she really falls in with these people and it it is like one of those work family things and she's good at her job and she wants to be good at it she enjoys the work she enjoys having that purpose and then during a family dinner at the at the end of the shift her boss kendrick um boss kendrick's boyfriend ty shows up and the way that they are with one another just sh shows Coley what a, a loving queer relationship can be. And when it's just normal and accepted because nobody bats an eye and Coley's like, anybody else see that? Interesting. And it's just the way that, uh, so Ty had brought mushrooms for chef and chef is just like, Oh, special mush not special mushrooms you know what i mean <laughs> like <laughs> they're like really fancy heirloom mushrooms or some shit i don't know about mushrooms but obviously they have this whole experience where uh obviously ty has heard a lot about coley and so it just makes her feel so included and to see this freaking norm them holding hands just being normal at dinner and everybody is just like chill it just shows her what it can be 
This was my note. Ty and Kendrick normalize it. <laughs> Representation matters. Yes. Because, yes, she's just like, she sees them hold hands and then she's like, she's trying not to look. Because, again, you're just like, mm-hmm. yay, but also I can't stare at you. It's, it's such a gay reflex. Gays it's in just the like, wild. Gays it's in the wild. A, yeah. But, like, also, she's like, why is no, she's like, I'm cool with this, but no, why does everybody else seem cool with it? Yeah. She's like, everybody else here seems cool with it. Like, what? That's it's a like, reality? Um, like, mm-hmm. this yeah, can be a just, thing? This can be a thing. And you know what? It was the exact same thing as earlier when I forgot to mention. Are you saying with, something, Caitlin? With Faith. Yes, with Faith. When Sonia watched Faith and Orion, what a name, um, yes. kiss. Orion. And she's like, oh, shit. Um, is this is it, they look so beautiful that it looks so right um because fucking representation matters guys yes. it just does i'm pretty exactly. sure that's like a common thing theora writes because i'm sure that there that's in this book as well <laughs> i borrowed books from theora i don't think i wrote that in there i don't know but i've seen it somewhere in one of the books that i took oh yeah maybe it is that book because it's not gonna be a big swiss <laughs> because <laughs> they were just they were queer they didn't give a flying fuck in that book it was great and that's why i love it yeah so <laughs> Caitlin, what is your note please <laughs> you there's a note in here say it i said i miss family breakfast you know when we used to eat together in vancouver it's important bonding food bonding yes theora's eggs bonding yes i am italian food and bonding it means everything i make them like you now but they're not the same theora can make a poached egg with nothing yeah (laughs) except pure will i did it too you did i did (laughs) that's all right we will have eggs again one day. Uh-huh. Uh, so unfortunately, we can't stay at family dinner with all those cool people that she works with. We have to. Unfortunately, I, really, go back. I wish family dinner was longer. I, I do too, and I wish we didn't have to go back to Sonia's really annoying friends. But we do Marf. because she gets invited to a party. It's okay. So I was like, I was coolly in the scene where like SJ finds her and she's like, oh, let, I want to invite you to a party. And Coley's like, does she know? Does uh-huh. she know? Like, because who does this? Unless they're like, I understand my friend's in love with you and you guys are having problems. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Try to play matchmaker a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and Coley's like, fuck that shit. I'm not going to go to a party. I'm not going to the party. I'm not going. And then she's like, I already knew before I biked home I was going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just love her. <laughs> SJ does explain to to Coley about Sonia telling her about Coley's mom because she wanted to make sure her reaction was supportive and, and good enough. She didn't want to you know, have she wanted to be there for Coley and she knew that SJ had a unique viewpoint on that since SJ's sister had uh, tried to commit suicide and survived. So 
SJ explains that that's why Sonia told her and that Brooke just happened to overhear it. And then that's how the Frickin information Brooke. got out. She's a yes. pick me. Because she knows Frickin Trent Brooke. hates Coley. And she's like, let me spread yes. this rumor. That's all so, it was. She's a pick me. She runs off and blabs to everyone about Coley's mom, which, why would that make anyone not like Coley? <laughs> like, she's dumb. Brooke is dumb. I'm just Brooke saying. Dumb. I mean, I know she's just trying to score points with Trent by being like, hey, Trent, guess what? But anyway, fuck that shit. I guess fuck we're going to the party. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, so we go to the party. Oh. And of course, the gayest thing happens. Sonia uh-huh. like opens the door for Coley Knox or something ridiculous. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck? Like, so yeah, poor Coley can't like mentally like prepare herself to like, I'm just gonna walk in and I'll mingle and then I'll find her. Cause her mission, Coley's mission is to talk to Tonya, talk to Sonia because she's like, fuck this like aim shit. She's like, we need to talk in person because you can't hide from me uh-huh. when we're in person. So yeah. So she like immediately sees her and then is like, my brain is blank. <laughs> what is my name? <laughs> Where do I live? <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? Fuck, 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 fuck. I'm <laughs> What's gay. Coley's brain? <laughs> I'm gay. That's all she does know. Yeah. Um, but then she gets, they get, their little conversation gets interrupted by who else? That asshole. The worst person ever. Trent. <laughs> Go away, Trent. (laughs) (laughs) Go away, you absolute homophobic asshole. Oh my god. But yeah. We forgot to mention this whole scene we're recapping is literally the music video from Girls Like Girls. Yes. But with dialogue. Um, so yeah, Coley goes to this party and then like I don't know, wanders around for a bit. I forget what happens. I just know that Sonia leaves and goes yeah. to the pool. Sonia gets so here's what happens. Trent drags Sonia off at first, and Sonia's like doesn't want to go with him, but she he's like literally dragging her. And then Coley kind of wanders around for a while and she decides, oh well, fuck this, I'm gonna go since I'm not gonna get her alone. And then that's when she's goes outside and see or she sees Sonia through the window, I think, sitting by the pool. And that's when she goes outside and is like, finally, I'm going to get to have this conversation with her. And that's where it starts that the the big scene from the music video and the book. Because guess what? Trent interrupts number two. At, <laughs> coming up, uh, just trigger warning on that. Because they actually have a conversation. She and Coley have a conversation for fucking once after dance camp and Sonia leans her head on Coley's shoulder and they're about then they're about to kiss because Coley's like um you could basically she's saying hey you could have me like we could have this you just need to like be brave and do it and so over the cliff's edge basically is what she's saying (laughs) jump off the cliff and Sonia's like okay um leap of faith maybe i can maybe i can and so they're about to kiss when trent uh grabs coley by the hair and she slams her head slams her head and then he starts screaming at sonia and grabs her chin 
and it's like i can't believe you did this to me et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Do ass shit, <laughs> and like hurts her and coley sees sonia in pain physically because she predicted all the way back in the beginning of the book when she met trent that he would be the kind of guy that would get violent and so that triggers something in coley to where she's like oh fuck no i have love and like rage, I have love and rage on my side and she starts beating the shit out of trent and of course why little bitch exactly and then she gets pulled off of trent because <laughs> they have to actually physically pull her off of trent and of course um the, the friends are like what happened <clears throat> and sonia's like he hit her first and brooke's like oh fuck that trent you're hurt blah, blah, blah. and i'm like fuck off brooke <laughs> so while all of that craziness is going on coley is like mm, i think this is my moment to exit yeah, so i <laughs> i have i have put myself out there and it's now her turn and so coley goes to get her bike and before she can pedal away who comes running after her but sonia and then she's like okay yes let's do this kiss 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 and then the iconic coley riding on her bike a bike with the split the lip with the split lip at the beginning and the end of the yeah so fabulous this whole thing my brain was like what the hell what what is happening just wait I you'll see it in the music this. video yeah caitlin and the music video is like... more confusing if you don't read this because there's no context for any of it it's just yeah but yeah the ending scene was the music video but was, she kisses her while she's just like blood yeah no it's just a split lip it's just not, a split she's like, not in the book it makes it sound like like her face is bloody no the back of her head and she has like a split lip you'll well, see it's really still caitlin we're gonna educate caitlin after this we're so excited gay education yay Education. <laughs> so really excited about. Oh, I did. I did have one last note. Um, Do it. Oh, this shit. was this was my favorite yeah, from this scene. I kiss her one more time. A sweet, simple kiss that we've never shared before. The kind of kiss you get to have when it's not sad or worried or weighted by anything bad. The kind of kiss that says hi and I love you. And I miss you, and I'll always be next to you. Yeah. It doesn't matter uh, if there's blood on my face. I will kiss you forever. Now I want to know. Yes. Her no, fingers that, map that, my wounds. <laughs> so gay. It's just AO3. But yeah, no, that's important because, like, up till now, it's just been all this, like, heightened emotional stuff. And so it's like, now you can just be free and just be me. And it's beautiful. So thank you, Haley, for writing that. It was great. Any other notes you wanted to do, Bree? Before we just no, jump just, into like no, general I discussion? Just, I was just trying to find more on how bloody she is for Caitlin's oh brain. God, she's not. You'll see it in the music video. It's just a split lip. It's fine. All right, so general discussion time. So overall, so that was Girls Like Girls, the book. We just spoiled literally everything about it. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you like it? Would you read it again? 
I loved I... it. It punched me in the feels, and I will be reading it again multiple times. Go, Caitlin. Go, Caitlin. Uh, the, contrary to what you might think, because I barely spoke in this episode, I did like the book because it was really easy to read, <laughs> and I, I could understand everything, and it's very easy. It's just something that you read out and about. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like you can read it in one day. Yeah, I Which... think I talked my friend into reading it. I'm like, you can read it one day. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty easy. Uh, it felt real, though. The way she wrote it, it felt like based on a true story is like the the vibes I got from this because it just it felt very real. And since it was from like the time of Theora and I kind of growing up, it was we were kind I was a little bit older, but we were in the same kind of age bracket as Haley when she's writing all of this. Or like that time period in her yeah. life we were all kind of the same age so it is just like such a freaking blast from the past of being almost back there in your feels but then at the same time for me it was like also because of current situations like being present in in other there were just like so many things that you my point is it doesn't matter how old you are there's there's something in there you'll relate to as far as like love and Oh, and... and just being a teenager mm -hmm. um yeah that's actually really funny i didn't realize i think Haley's a year older than me mm -hmm. i think it's Haley, me and then after us is taylor swift <laughs> which is really funny 87 88 89 <laughs> yeah you guys are like the same age as my little sister yeah um cool yeah i uh i like the book i i would read it again um like i said I, I contrary to the media we keep doing i'm not super huge on high school stuff i want adults being messy and ridiculous but i thought this was really cute the way i just love the way she wrote it honestly mm -hmm. uh, i was really I, I didn't know what to expect going into the book like, i was like i'm gonna read it it's Haley kyoko's book but uh i was really impressed with her emotive language and like it reads like i was like this is a lyricist writing this yes I really shouldn't absolutely be but i was very i was pleasantly surprised by how well it was written and how it, it read very it just felt so real especially coley's inner monologues and mm -hmm. it's usually the inner monologues and first person point of view that just piss me off after a while they get really repetitive she did not do that um she wrote that character really really well and i, I and i like the live journal entries in there because i like when we i like skipping point of views personally um but i like this because sonia sonia is a mystery to coley and sonia kind of still stays a mystery because you're only privileged to what she's sh choosing to write and choosing to sh you know share on live journal so i did like that aspect it kept that kept that character still complicated and it's somebody you want to figure out the way coley wants to figure it out so it it read really well from her point of view like the whole book and i really really liked the way she wrote it mm -hmm. agree all right yeah so as we mentioned at the very if, very beginning of this uh Haley spent many 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 years tr pitching this as a movie and trying to get it made and it just did not pan out so we're gonna play a little game um and uh play the we're the casting director oh my god caitlin what is this <laughs> gonna pull she's, people she's, up. Showing, she's showing everyone our picks all right so we're gonna cast the movie um i'll go first so for coley i picked medora Frenchies. uh 
she yes caitlin i didn't know who it was until i looked up the names that's why i, I was gonna explain who the people are but this works too so she that is uh she plays she plays alicia on sex lives of college girls and so i picked her because she's half asian um but that's not the main reason I picked her. I picked her because she's somebody who could play Coley. Because Coley is somebody who has big gay energy, first of all. And can play the, like, soft and sweet and then also, like, edgy tough. Uh-huh. And she's five foot two. So I was like, she's perfect. Because <laughs> the whole scene with Trenton when she goes to fight him. And I was just, I just got her being like, I'm five foot two. <laughs> the way that she, like, starts fights with people, like. I was like, she's perfect. She can play that role. She, Alicia would be great. As soon as uh, I saw this, I was like, oh, shit. That's perfect. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's she's, perfect. No, so she's what perfect. Are, what are we going to do after that? Exactly. <laughs> Caitlin. Anyway, continue, Theora. No, just cast who you want to cast. All right. And then for Sonia, I would cast Zendaya because she's Zendaya. Um, and I think she can play the you know, perfect girl very well, who's also super complicated and she could bring that like emotion to the table. She's like, she has the range is what I'm saying for the theatrics. I And I just, uh, she's just, I grew up with her. Her acting is beautiful. I think that they would work well together. So she's my Sonia is Zendaya. And then I wanted to cast Blake because <laughs> I thought it would be fun. And so I chose Liv Houston because I think they could play Blake like no other. Um, Liv plays uh, Teen Van in Yellow Jackets. They've been in a Little bunch man. of things. They've been in a bunch of things. And I think that they could do like the, I, I broke into your trailer to steal your weed <laughs> really well. So I was like, Liv would be so perfect for this. There by Blake. Uh, and I would like to see Liv and Midori do stuff together. Were they fun. part of the gay couple in Let It Snow? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. We should watch that movie one day. It's yeah, pretty good. I, yeah, I never actually finished that movie. I'd like to watch it. Yeah. No, Liv's in that. Liv is <sighs> fucking... I love Santa Clarita Diet. I love everything Liv's in. Oh, I tried All to right. watch that. It was just... It was very, very weird. It's <laughs> so good, though. Oh, man, so good. Anyway, so for Trent, I was like, who has the most punchable face of all times? And so I picked Jack Gleason, who played uh, Joffrey in Game of Thrones. I think, I unfortunately, this man <laughs> has the most punchable face because who doesn't want to punch Joffrey Baratheon? I do. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. You're my Trent. Uh, and for oh, Alex, no. I picked uh, Taylor Zachara Perez, who is playing... Alex Claremont Diaz in the Red, White, and Royal Blue movie. So he was in my brain. I was oh. like, you're the perfect Alex. Wait, he's he's like kissing Mm-hmm. I love him. Interesting. Because he has that, like, he could be fiery and feisty, but also, like, really sweet and listen. And so, like, he, he gave me that vibe that he could be the chill Alex and then the fuck you Trent kind of Alex. So he's my But Alex. I love how your people are all, are all in like the 30s (laughs) listen i don't know young actors and i was looking for people who could bring it with their acting skills age is irrelevant okay your turn 
Caitlin. Yeah, let's go, Caitlin. Wow, you did the whole thing. Let's go, let's go. Oh, yeah. So this started out as me saying, I have no one cast. And then throughout, like, the past few hours, I have, like, literally the entire <laughs> book cast. All right. So I was struggling with Coley because Theora told me to just picture Haley Kiyoko when I was reading. So <laughs> that's... No, literally. Like, I if, if a dream casting is Haley Kiyoko is Coley, but, like... If we had to cast somebody else. So I picked Paris. Uh, I can't say her last name. Burrelk. Um, yeah, she's true. been in a few things. The, you guys are not going to know most of my people, I feel like. Because they are uh, younger. And That's okay. Shows that I grew up with. like So she was in Lap Rats and Alexa and Katie on Netflix. Uh, for Sonia... I picked McKenna Grace because this right. girl can like literally do anything and she's just amazing. I love her. So yes, that's my reasoning for that. <laughs> she has Sonya vibes for sure. For All right. SJ, I picked Joey oh, King. Oh, this is a good SJ. Joey King. I feel like uh joey and mckenna i think they actually are friends in real life but they they would play friends pretty well yeah and, and she I looks just... like she she could cut a bitch so that's uh -huh. what we need for sj <laughs> yes very versatile as well right uh no not <laughs> Brooke, Brooke, I have Jenna Ortega. Is... Yeah. What? <laughs> All right. I think, oh man, poor Jenna. Poor Jenna. <laughs> I think Jenna could do it. Jenna is I also very versatile. Nice I know she could do it. But yeah, I for for Brooke, I saw someone with like dark hair and like this. So I, I picked Jenna because I saw her name. I was like, well, I know she can do shit. Uh, for Blake, uh, Theor brought up Bella Ramsey. Yeah, that was my second choice. And I, I was like, well, they it. need to be in here somewhere, so... Yes, Blake! <laughs> but I don't know. Could... See, like, Bella Ramsey could 100% steal weed out of somebody's house. Like, <laughs> they have, they have <laughs> such a baby face, but then you get here and you're like, okay, a little more rugged. I'm saying, like, look at them in the suit. Like, yes. Oh my gosh. Don't, don't pitch that. Don't pitch the interview like that if we ever... <laughs> I'm just oh saying, because, like, Blake comes off as, like, cool and, like, mm, yeah. I want, I want, see, yeah. the thing is, this is what I know Bella as. <laughs> very, Bella very different than, uh, what the hell's her name? The Last of Us? Wait, different than what? Yeah. Ellie? Brooke? Oh, Ellie, oh, yeah. Ellie, yeah. Yeah, uh, I know so. Bella from Game of Thrones, which is even more out there than what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. Yep. But yeah, Brooke, good choice. <sighs> All right. So for Trent, I picked Milo Manheim, and he was in Disney Zombies, and I don't know. I he's usually like the good guy, but I feel like. You could easily make him look very punchable. Oh no! I, oh I agree. yeah, I would punch Absolutely. his face. Look at him. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, Milo. I'm sure you're a great dude, but 
I think you could pull it off. And then for Alex, I don't, I've never seen this actor, but I was doing research and I picked Noah Schnapp, Schnapp, Schnapp. I don't know, from Stranger Things. Oh, from Stranger Things. Oh my God. Yeah. He's a great Alex. Great choice. And I just found out that, uh, he's out so <laughs> oh yeah yeah he's there you go he's, he is oh he got into you pen that's great sorry good for you <laughs> good for you i love your casting caitlin great job <laughs> thank you all right brie who you got well you guys did better than me because i was just working off of i don't know my brain so here's my coley because five stewart uh is all right in my brain, I have always seen her as somebody that can have, is really good at acting with that defense, like sarcasm defense mechanism type deal that Coley has mm -hmm. to where she's like automatically on the defensive in, in like all these conversations with new people and i think that she's capable of playing of you know playing the more awful grief emotions as well and then for sonia isabella gomez because good lord that woman i know right. she could do it i know she could do it and she's also i also took in the height difference into consideration i mean just look at like when we we know her mostly from playing elena in one day at a time right yeah but if you see her in her like <laughs> oh her own self you it's just like yes i could see her being that girl that everybody wants but that oh yeah has has the range to be like the to play the the scenes that Sonia has to play. Oh, all right. And then, I love yeah. her. Good, excellent choice. Uh, so Trent, because he's the only other one I cast. Uh, <sighs> uh so from Wednesday. Oh yes, <laughs> Hunter doing choice. Why don't you um, remember this dude? He was like the main romance interest. Yeah, for that whole season. You know, it's funny. Is he gay? I have no clue. I don't know. Anyway, so, so that's what I picked because he's really good at acting. Hunter, Hunter Duhan. Du okay, Hunter Duhan. He's really good at acting. Um, douchey because <laughs> he did have to his character was did turn douchey in the end of that but he's also like that super you know has that all-american handsome boy look too yeah i just saw him as a good good yeah no that's a good fit the duality of just like presenting mm -hmm. as like perfect perfect boy and then being a complete trash on the other end yeah he hunter can do it for sure good cast Yay. all right guys well hopefully if this book stays on the new york times uh, enough we may get the movie one day who knows all we can do is hydrate to lesbian jesus and manifest uh-huh oh, manifest manifest
manifesto. Just finish that show. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Before this goes off the rails, uh, let us uh, actually hydrate for lesbian Jesus on our hydration scale in her honor for her book. So how much would you hydrate for lesbian Jesus for lesbian Jesus's book? 10 cups. Damn, 10 cups? Eight? All right. I'm gonna give it a nine. I love it. Yep. It's lesbian Jesus. As usual, I have no idea what I'm basing my number off of. There was no I'm dog, Kayla. I'm surprised it got an eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always well, the lowest one for some reason. Well, I think it's just that you could read. I mean, it was just like, I think it was a book that, that was easily relatable. So I think yeah. that number makes sense. For sure. All right, so that wraps up this book club. Um, Caitlin, would you like to announce what we're doing next time on book club? Sure, because Theora can't do it because I stole her book. She did. <laughs> so next month we are reading Rainbow Islands by Devin Harnoise. I think that's how you say it. Nice. So. Harnois. I'm excited to read this book because of the book and I have Theora's notes in it. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's another like book that's easy to read, like this one was. Um I read it for the trans rights readathon. Like I really I've mentioned it multiple times on some something related to this podcast, but a friend of mine who transitioned this book meant a lot to them when they were going through that. So we read it and Should it's I read the summary? It's, Sure, read the summary. Can you continue what you said? No, go go for it. Okay. 16-year-old Jason chooses exile and expects a hard scrabble life, but instead finds a thriving supportive community. While exploring his identity as a transgender boy, he also discovers adventure. Kraken attacks, naval battles, a flying island built by asexual people, and a daring escape involving glow-in-the-dark paint I hope that makes sense once you read this book. <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> this book is so fun. He also has a desperate crush on Sky, a spirited buccaneer girl, but fear keeps him from expressing his feelings. When Jason and his companions discover the Republicans, oh God, are planning a war of extermination, they rally the people of the Rainbow Islands to fight back. Shy, bookish Jason will have to find his inner courage or everything and everyone he loves will be lost forever. I mean, it's, it's true. To... It's great. <laughs> no, it's great. And it's it's just, it's a happy story. It's happy. My grandmother read it. Caitlin's grandma read it. In a day. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be our next book club, uh, I think, for November. August. August. Is it August? Yeah. No, we're skipping a month. We're skipping September. Is that what we're doing? We'll talk about it. We'll, but we'll just, let you know on social we'll media. We'll let you know when this is happening, but this will be the next book we're going to read. <laughs> because we're doing the spooky book in October. Right. Yeah. I thought this was September. Doesn't matter. All right. So this will be next time. We'll be skipping some month. We'll let you know. Yeah. But, it uh, might change too because of some stuff coming up. Yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>
hydrate for lesbian Jesus. And gay and up all over the place. Ooh. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod or email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media-loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.